This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well. On today's episode, we have Chip Sampson from Shades, Shades On, on. <laughs> Brewing Company. That was we did that in complete sync, and we did not yeah, plan that. No planning. That was that was a good. That was we really don't good. plan much. We don't so. plan much here at the Hey Roadie Podcast Studio. <laughs> um. Anyway, back to Chip. He was so fun. I was just telling Nick about how when I was listening to the episode, his laugh is just like very infectious and like made me smile. So I think this is a great podcast to kind of well knock on wood, New England weather. It's like, you know, the weather the weather's getting nicer, it's getting warmer. You want that sort of like happy feeling and I think Chip really give he gave me that feeling. Yeah, 100%. He's a he's a seem, seemingly pretty happy guy. He is. Or at least his laugh is. Yeah, well, yes. Some and people have that like like yeah, infectious kind a of A laugh like, you want to hear. I mean, I've heard people who when they laugh you're like, "Are you upset about something?" <laughs> Like, like even the laugh isn't happy. You're like, oh my God, what is going on with you? Yeah. Laugh, not Chip. Not Chip. And he was honestly just really cool to talk to. Um, we obviously, for those of you who have listened to the other brewery episodes, it was cool because Chip has a history of, um, he's from Rhode Island, but he moved to Colorado and really got that whole experience of you know before Rhode Island even had like a brewery scene Colorado was years ahead of us so he got to experience that out there so then when he came back to Rhode Island he kind of caught the bug the beer bug the brewing bug the brewing bug yeah and he kind of goes over like the differences between you know like a west coast IPA and an east coast IPA Mm -hmm. and how uh different things while it might be technically the same kind of beer, like where you live has a pretty big impact on what that yeah. actually is, which, uh, you know, if you spend most of your time in one area, you might not think of that as like a geographic thing. You might just go into a liquor store and look at the big shelf of beers, which mm-hmm. some of them are from, well, most of them are from all over the place. Yep. And you just grab when you're like, oh, this tastes a little different. And you never think like, oh, that one, that IPA tastes like that because it's a West Coast IPA or mm-hmm. because it's an East Coast IPA or yep. whatever it is. So that was pretty interesting, I thought. Yeah, and he talks a lot about like the origin of the name, which I think if after we after we were chatting with him, the name of their company is people have all sorts of different takes on the spelling and the pronunciation, but it is shades on, as if you're putting your shades on. Shades on during the summer days, my mm-hmm. friend. Um, so it was cool. He was really cool. Like I said, he made he listening to his episode is it's like bringing me to the warm warm weather like that's what i feel when i listen to this episode <laughs> yeah even though he's talking about uh colorado which is mostly <laughs> cold it does have that vibe it uh, does so no i'm right there with you um and just so for everyone knows who if you want to check out shades on which is uh, an, a, a great place to go it has a really beautiful outdoor area it is in west kingston which we um talk about as well it's a great place to go in the summertime um and just explore in that area and yeah. have a beer 
Yeah, and uh, like I say, for every single one of these brewery episodes, grab yourself a beer, crack it open, sit back, enjoy the episode. Yes, or if you're me, grab a hard seltzer. Yeah, that works too. You know what? Crack anything (laughs) open. Crack anything open. A soda, a coffee. Enjoy yourself. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have fun. Have fun. Um, so I'm going to start off just because we were just chatting about it, but I need to know now the story behind Shades on the name. Sure. So it does come from the expression Shades on, as in put your sunglasses on. Yeah. But it came to me uh, almost in a vision sense, and we almost tried to hide that that's what it came from Mm. for some stretch of time and it's part of why the spelling is so bizarre (laughs) but we thought that that spelling was going to like for for sure get the pronunciation out of everybody yeah and we found that that's not the case Um, so we thought you know that just the sh obviously i mean people get that part but then you get to the middle and it goes awry I think shide, a lot of people want to like assume that it's going to be harder to say than it yeah. really is. And you're like, no, no, no. Just go with your gut. Go yeah. with your gut. Go with your gut. <laughs> yeah. 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 Make it simpler. Don't make it as hard as you're trying to make it hard. It's yeah. silly. So how did you... So what got you to what, Shades What on? got us there? Yeah. yeah. So Josh, my business partner, and I started shooting the idea around of names mm. in late 2016 which is about a year before we opened mm-hmm. but in early 2017 we had to register um a business to get started in the process with licensing and other things like that and we still hadn't come up with a name we had shot a bunch of names around and you'd look online or on you know beer related websites and the brewery would exist or the beer would exist that has that name and or that we'd find one in Australia or Canada <laughs> that had like names that we wanted to use and we were just not making it happen it was just like we couldn't get to the point where yeah. if we were going to agree on something or the name would exist or still be in like fair play for mm-hmm. us to use and i was literally driving to meet with our attorney who was in Providence and driving up, you know, 95, whatever it was. And the sun was just blasting in my eyes. And I thought, well, I need my shades on. And in my head, that was my thought. I went and grabbed the sunglasses. And then I thought that's going to be it for the name, but I don't want it to be shades on. Yeah. Beer shades on brewery spelt out just like that yeah so i thought i'd make it up so when i got there before the meeting i wrote it down on a piece of paper in multiple different ways where i was like i'm making it up making it up and i was like well this is the one like Mm. there's no way somebody would pronounce this any way differently (laughs) and i think as i gave it to the attorney i think he said it differently and i was just like no it's (laughs) (laughs) i think it looked but when you say that and then i look at it it makes so much more sense to me but i like that it's spelled funky because it like visually looks very cool like with the z and the yeah you we know. put a z in yeah you know it's, it's like so cool. there's one of the things it's like if you got a q and x or a z into it's something it's like that's pretty cool neat. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like that cool. uh the late 90s early 2000s where like anything that was an s got replaced with a z yeah okay. yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I am um, so my obviously my name's Sasha, but it's spelled S A S C H A. And when I was growing up, I always got like Sascha 
or like no one like <laughs> yes. assumed it was Sasha. I mean, like teachers in school would say yeah. my name and they'd be like Sasha, and I'd be like, no. But like, like, so I get it. And then I tell people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, I know it does. Thanks, yeah. mom and dad. I think that's like the traditional way to spell it. I think so. But yeah. like, you know, when you're grown up in Cumberland, Rhode Island, I don't know if people are familiar with like the traditional yeah, way to spell like fair. a German Polish sort of name, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, so that's I, I love that because first of all. I know you were coming north, so I don't know if you had this issue, but have you ever driven 95 oh. going south in <laughs> the sun? I know what you're talking about. Just glows in your eye and it like hurts. Yep. So it's like every time I go to Shades on now, I'm just going to think of that yep. <laughs> with the sun blaring in my eyes. Um, so I love th that I know this now. This makes so much more sense. And I, so in doing research, I found that you're from West Kingston. That's right. Which is where Shades on is. Yep. Although online it says Kingston, it doesn't say West Kingston. Like on some like articles, it just says like Kingston. Is there a difference between West Kingston, Kingston, North Kingston, South Kingston? I'm not from Southern Rhode Island, so I have no idea. Yes, there is a difference between yes. all of them, except it's kind of weird because West Kingston mm -hmm. and Kingston mm -hmm. are both within South Kingstown. That's so confusing. And North Kingstown is just its own town as well so south kingstown and north kingstown are their own towns yeah and west kingston and kingston are considered villages within the town of south kingstown that's too complicated so there's like the w <laughs> drop on the villages but the towns have the w no no it's like each one of them has a post office oh boy yeah, yeah. where so i think this has come up a bunch of times on the podcast already but so i'm from north smithfield and there's like Slatersville is part of North Smithfield. Forestdale is part of North Smithfield. It's, it's like too complicated. Like townships within a yeah. town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I grew up in Rhode Island. I didn't, mm -hmm. you know, spend time away, but I, you know, been knowledgeable about Rhode Island for my life, mm -hmm. and I still drive around and see places that are, you know, these villages within towns in the northern northwest part of the state and i'm like i've never heard it's of so that. confusing it's honestly yeah. the most just call it by one name and then just be like oh it's this way in this way it's not like anyway i, I would have to imagine at some point it made they sense were, and they were there all, was a reason they probably yeah. all were individual towns which got like yeah like into one taken group. over yeah, I don't know. listen let's like modernize this yeah, i don't i don't get this this is too many names for my well, there's brain. probably states where a town is the size of rhode island so i'm sure <laughs> oh, definitely yeah but for a little state like rhode island to have so many names of like neighborhoods and cities and what towns and whatever it's too much i can't i can't keep track it's one too of much. my favorite things is there's like a, a youtube channel that's like europeans pronouncing new england town names <laughs> it just me because there's so many like kind of uh native american names and like people just they cannot do it people in new england don't even say towns it's the way they should be said definitely it. not <laughs> like, i don't you know it's like they're either influenced probably by you know native american language mm. Or English, mm -hmm. and we don't even say them like yeah. Native Americans or the English. And then you throw in an nope. accent, a Rhode yeah. Island accent, which is just like who? Th there's just not you. You can't keep track. It's too much. It there's too, too many much. crazy names. But um, so you had mentioned that you left Rhode Island to go to Colorado. That's right. That is a big. I feel like that's a big move. You're it going was to another move. side of the country. It was in a, a different side of the country in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm. Um. Climate wise, people wise, altitude, mm. you know, desert versus 
ocean mountains and desert versus ocean. Um, you know, in a lot of ways, I guess like, you know, weather wise, it's kind of familiar that it's like, you know, your summers are hot, it's your similar. winters are cold, but Colorado was maybe a little more extreme in mm. terms of the uh, cold. Mm. You could get a lot colder days. You get like crazier snowstorms for sure. Even, you know, I was in Boulder first, which is, I went to the university of Colorado and then I lived in Denver. So the way those two cities are is that they're not in the mountains. Mm. They're just like on the edge of like a flat area that like the plains come right to the Rocky Mountains. So they're just on the edge. So it's mm. like very easy to be in the mountains, but then you can also just go like straight east for mm. not very far. And you're like, wow, we are in like the middle of nowhere plains and oh, wow. there's tumbleweeds and stuff like that. Mm. But they're situated in these like very desirable parts of the state where you're right on the edge. Mm. So it's not as extreme as the the mountains get weather wise in terms of the the cold and snow and stuff like that. Is it like um so I went out to Oregon 2 years ago I think and they have the the mountain range that runs like kind of, you know, north to south like down not quite the middle off to the west, but the climate on one side versus the other is like dramatically different. So like one side's like scrub brush and desert, <laughs> the other side's like temperate climate. Yeah, um so like the Denver side which is like the east side, I think you would say is more of like a climate you'd be familiar with where, you know, your springs and falls are kind of moderate temperatures. Summers can get like super hot. It's unbearable and your winters can get bad. But for the most part, you're living okay. Standard East Coast. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, and the weather can change like crazy. It can be super windy out of nowhere and it's like crazy. But if you go to the other side, like the west of Colorado, so the mountains like peak in the middle for a lot. And then there's the Western slope, they call it. But the Western slope also is at a higher elevation, but it's more extreme in the cold windy nasty mm. scent mm. kind of a thing i uh, gotta know i mean again i'm gonna bring it back to good old roadie how did you make the decision to leave this perfect beautiful state i'm just kidding no like it, were you like college age were you just like looking to try something new like what brought you there like that, that's because that's such a big move that must have taken like I feel like it was either like a really tough decision or it was like a snap decision. You're like, all right, moving here or maybe somewhere in between. I don't know. Well, I, so I went to college and that was my move out there. Mm. And I mostly applied to schools in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I was very close to going to the University of Vermont. Mm -hmm. And I went out to visit Colorado in the fall and the spring of my senior year. And I was just won over. I mm -hmm. went to a football game at the university. And in the same week, I went skiing. Oh, wow. And then we went back out in the spring and we skied again. And then in terms of what you know, you're saying about the, the climate and the mountains being different, we would go skiing or this trip. We went skiing. We probably were out there for a whole week, maybe skied like four or five days. You would go skiing. So you're at like, you know, 30 degrees. We'd come back to Boulder and it'd be 75 degrees and sunny wow. and people would be like sunbathing. That's and I remember so cool. like playing football and wiffle ball and being like, this place is incredible. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is here. kind of magic. How yeah. could these be so close to each other? That you know, it's really like cool. an hour and a half of driving and you're like, we're in a different world. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what you hear about um, like California too. 
when you're yeah, out, uh, a yep. little further north and you're kind of like near the mountains and you can go skiing and then come back and go to the beach and it's like all in the same day. Yeah. You know? People are yeah swimming and skiing in the same day. Where yeah. Out there you don't swim in Colorado though. No. No it's, swimming? I mean, well, because there's no ocean. There's no ocean. Mm. There a little, is a little lake action going. very cold water. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's like you. every water source is fed by the, the mountains and mm. the runoffs. So, you know, you could go and we would. You'd swim in the creek, but mm -hmm. at the warmest, the creek was like 45 degrees or something. You, you gotta know? do like oh the- uh, Where it's the, like the coldest the ocean gets here. You gotta do like the like the, the sauna to ice plunge kind yes. of deal. Yes, yeah, yeah, like they do it like so. Norway and Finland yeah, yeah, yeah. or something where it's like, yeah, oh you go God. sauna right into the cold water. No, they, I don't even go in like the beach when it's like, a, a 100 degree day. I'm like, no, no, too cold, too cold. I need like heated water. So I can't imagine what my experience would be like out there. Um, did you, so you went to the University of Colorado. What did you study? I studied business mm -hmm. to begin with, and I didn't lose interest in it. Um, I obviously still use it, mm. um, but I started off in business, and I actually did get my undergrad degree in business, and then I actually uh, developed a interest in journalism, mm. and I have got a master's degree in broadcast journalism. Which is from so cool. the University of Colorado as well. And you you um, were a baseball announcer? I don't know how, if I'm saying that incorrectly. No, I'm that sorry. is exactly what I would say. That's yeah. so cool. I was, a, I was a baseball announcer in minor league baseball for three seasons. So I wouldn't spend the full years. Um, I'd go out from April until the minor league season closes on the Monday of Labor Day weekend. Mm. So actual Labor Day was usually like the final game unless you're in the playoffs. None of the teams I was with ever made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to throw that in there. <laughs> Just had to throw that in. Thanks a lot, guys. We could have yeah. gotten some extra fun out of it. What, um, yeah. what, so obviously, like, you had this journey going to Colorado. I can assume, I've never been to Colorado, but I can assume their brewery scene is probably way different, or maybe now it's similar to Rhode Island. But when you were there, what was it like? I think it's a good way to... To, to word it is that mm. maybe now it's more it's more similar mm. but then so I, I got out there in 2004 mm. and leaving here in 2004 there was probably Union Station Trinity and Newport Storm mm. in the state I can't think I mean Narragansett was gone at that point like they yeah. had, had like you know the recipe left it was like before it came back mm. even or maybe it just cut, started coming back mm. um but it wasn't brewed here, so it's not like they had a brewery at atmosphere to it. So it's like the Rhode Island beer culture was, you know, quite different thing than what we see it as now. But when I got out to Colorado, it was they were at the forefront. Mm. I mean, they had already had a number of like large scale microbreweries, um, like New Belgium, Odell, mm. Avery, Great Divide, stuff mm. like that. But then they also had like a number of smaller breweries where you know you'd go out in boulder and there was like more of a brew pub mm. atmosphere but they also just had like breweries where it was similar to what we see now where it'd be in a industrial space or there'd be like a auto body shop and then oh, there's a cool. brewery next to it you know it's like you know because you're like uh, these places were just trying to find whatever they could do mm. and i mean i caught the bug because it was like one of those things where you go out there and Maybe with like a lot of colleges around that time period, if you went to parties, people would offer you 
Coors Light, Bud Light, yeah. you know, if they're yeah. going like uh, cheap, it's like Natty Light, PBR, stuff like that. Yeah. So out there, the funny thing is like Keystone Light was very popular because it was like a Coors brand and you're mm. in Colorado. But you'd also get people who are like, hey, here's a Belgian wheat beer. Wow. Here's a, like Everybody a, wasn't just tapping the Rockies. It <laughs> <laughs> was not just tapping the Rockies. <laughs> You know, so it's like, wow, I've never even heard of this before. Yeah. You know, it's like, I think maybe before going out there, I had tried like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yep. And then outside, and well, like Sam Adams. You know, like, but it's like, I had never known this world of mm. beer. It's like, in my perspective, then it was like, beer is made in Germany and England yeah. and the Czech Republic and the Netherlands, but Americans aren't just like making beer on their own. It's just the... You know, three big guys and totally. whatever their little subsidiaries are. So it like blew me away that mm. I was like, wow, there's this entire world out here of breweries and different kinds of beer mm. and American takes on global styles and mm. then new creative American styles. Mm -hmm. So I was like mesmerized by it. And I'd say the way that I really got into it is Avery Brewing used to be quite a bit smaller and they're like really big now, mm -hmm. but they used to do a thing on Fridays where they would do a free flight of like four, I'm in. three or four <laughs> ounce beers. And I mean, I was like, you know, I was a college kid and I had turned 21 and so it's like I could go, you know, to a... Um, a place and actually drink there. Mm. Uh, you know, not that I was drinking before then. Definitely um, not. Never. <laughs> Never. Mm -mm. Didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, what a great opportunity. You're yeah. like, all right, I'm going to go out there. We would bring like a cribbage set. Um, my roommate and I, we'd play cribbage, you chase the four beers. And then afterward you'd say, all right, I'm going to get like a full pint of mm. one of them or a couple full pints of mm -hmm. whichever one I like. And there was like a, a rotating aspect to it. So it's like that, place at one time could serve 12 beers but you're not going to you know get all those in your flight so you mm. get the four and then you can come back the next week Try and maybe there's even something new that just came out and mm. so you know it became not only like a fun hangout but also it's like a you know this new interest the hobby of mm. like how can i get to know more about this stuff and different tastes and influence and yeah. what makes beer mm. you know do you have a favorite like go-to beer like back then or, and then now. I want to know both. Like when you first were introduced to like. Like style of beer? Is that what you're asking? Or like literally a brand? Oh, no. Like style. Style. Because everyone, I think. That's good. Yeah. Um, I'd say it's funny. Like back then. Mm. And I think this might be kind of influenced by the way beer is done differently even within the United States. I mean, mm. obviously mm. the United States is you know bigger than Europe. So it's like not surprising that it's like there's so many different kinds of beers. And when I got out there, I didn't know anything about that mm. and i think it grew more from you know 2005 out there to 2015 2016 when we moved back here that the new england beer scene was big in vermont mm. it was maybe burgeoning in portland and mm. in boston area but it was nothing like what it is now yeah and throughout all of new england so the new england IPA style, which is really popular now, mm. was like coming to life. Ooh. But I was not there. Yeah. You're not here. Yeah. You know, so I'm out in Colorado and I'm like hearing about it and people are talking about like what's going on differently. But it hadn't reached out there and it actually has become like a popular style. I mean, pretty all over the all place over, now. But yeah. But it hadn't really reached like um, uh, breweries out there. Mm. So to, to to circle back to the the actual question with that. <laughs> 
um, that preface of a, of a response. Um, the pale ales and the IPAs of mm. the West Coast style or Colorado mm. style at that time appealed more to me then where I liked, um, they kind of had this little like pininess to them. Mm. They're a little more bitter. There's a little bit like a more maltiness mm. um, in the base of the beer where the New England style is a little different than that where you know it's a little like softer it's not as bitter there's more of like a fruitiness to it which is like hop driven um and so i more so favored that kind of older style west coast colorado style and even though in in time out there i think my palate kind of changed as i opened up to different breweries different beers different styles and um, I had never really drank dark beer, mm. you know, when I was young. And then it's like, whoa, there's this whole world to porters, stouts, uh, black lagers, mm. stuff like that. And brewers are doing that. So then it's like, oh, I changed to this like world of like, oh, I really like this like kind of roasted mm. stout flavor. Um, that was my go to for a long time was like a stout or a porter. Yeah. I'm like a whiskey drinker, like black coffee drinker, whiskey drinker, like stouts and porters were kind of right in my wheelhouse. I, I think I, I agree with you that I'm a black coffee drinker. And I think it's like a a fair like comparison too to be like, oh, of course, if you like this kind of like roasted coffee flavor, mm. you kind of like this roasted barley flavor, which is like funny because we've had roasted barley displayed in like glassware at the brewery and people have thought it's coffee, you know, even like oh, breaking wow. it up and like smelling it. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a roasted grain. You're dealing with a roasted bean. You yeah. kind of are picking up like, you know, the smoke, the roasted characters of it. Mm. Yep. Um, that kind of crossover. So it is, you know, similar with like the dark beers. Um, but then, so from that, then I was like, oh, these dark beers are great. And then I think I found this like kind of balance almost of it's like, you know, you grow up as a young person, not everybody, but, somebody who's maybe going to college at first and partying and people are pushing Keystone light on you, yep. you know, that it's like you have this taste for like light beer. Mm. And then suddenly you're like, whoa, this whole world of these like IPAs and mm. dark beers. And I had never had that before. Um, and then I kind of balanced into this um, category where when I left uh, Colorado, I loved german beers and mm. there were like some of these german influenced breweries there mm. and they have um a beer that we would say is dunkel which is the german word for dark um our german brewer julia says it as dunkless mm. which is probably you know their pronunciation because yeah. she speaks german yeah <laughs> um but you know we would see it written as d-u-n-k-e-l and that's like how you know we would say dunkel but it just means dark yeah but it's similar to a kind of like a in between where it's got this like kind of little touch of sweetie maltiness, mm. but it's not like as strong as like a hopped IPA would be in terms of like bitterness or fruitiness. And it's not like the roasted qualities that you get with like a, a porter or a stout kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Mm. So it's like this in between. And it's like, I was like, man, I found this great realm of a beer that it's like, I can, I can drink a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, I'm really happy that you, during that you said the difference between like the west coast more style and the east coast because i've heard that mentioned before and i never knew what it meant and you just said it so like easy to see like oh okay so it's a little bit more bitter a little bit more like uh 
piney and then ours is a little softer, a little maybe sweeter. I think, did you say sweeter? Yeah. I mean, it's a common thing that yeah. they, they have a little bit of a like sweetness to them. Mm. And when you said that, it's funny because it actually, if you would think of like the difference between the West Coast and the East Coast, it kind of makes sense. Like the beers imitate the actual place or how you would, yeah. I mean, well, I just what, love what's available, stuff. growing climate, yeah, yeah, all yeah. that stuff, especially if you're getting it around there. Totally. I always have to make I it. Th- I thought you were saying like people was, and you were saying people out west were bitter. And <laughs> no, people no, no, bitter no. people out I'm there. Well, and not, I was like, no, like, you know, they would say the, <laughs> quite the opposite. Actually. Even, <laughs> we're even, all bitter. I was kind of saying that, but not that deep. I was saying, I, I feel like more like like pininess, like you think of pine, you think of that area, you think of more the um, northwest, yeah, you know, or and like, like here it's like soft land of trees, yeah. yeah, 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 like not necessarily the people, but more of like the like the first like, but not thoughts. necessarily not, <laughs> but not not people. I'm sorry, people from Colorado, you're bitter. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, no, they're actually really nice people. I yeah. feel like they're probably so nice, yeah, especially if you're there's in that, all like, this beer area, area too. Yeah. <laughs> right? They're just drinking beer, having fun. I think it's cool too because we were we've been talking talking about beer a lot and um yeah we have the we were talking earlier about how we have this inadvertent uh beer series brewery series which is so cool because it's so everyone brews different has different inspirations has different motivations has different end goals and that's like so cool but i think the cool what i think is so cool about breweries and and how there's so many is different from like a cocktail bar you can't go to five different cocktail bars and drink 10 vodka sodas you'll be on the floor like you can't do that but like you can go to one brewery have one beer go to another brewery have one beer like you can try different and i'm sure in colorado because i know you had said there's so many people get to experience more than one thing in one shot like it's not like you're going out for lunch you're eating a big lunch and then you go to another lunch spot like breweries have this really um unique quality that like you can enjoy five breweries in one day as long as you're responsible and you're not you know yeah. chugging you know eight percent beers but yeah, yeah. like you have you to know, be mindful of that yeah you have to be super <laughs> mindful but you can have one you know over the span of a, a whole day you could go to three breweries and each one has a different vibe a different beer a different product um yeah, and i think I, that's so cool i think that's kind of exemplified too and like i granted we're talking rhode island stuff right now we're talking colorado but uh <laughs> those bitter in, people uh, like, <laughs> yeah those bitter people and like in portland like we brought up earlier um which has such a big beer scene now uh you know we went up there for one of my buddies oregon uh, or maine oh uh maine okay, which is cool. funny because both of them both have of them, been, yeah. well, both well, of that's them why do. i assumed yeah, yeah. Uh, the, but we went up there for one of my buddies uh bachelor parties and um there are areas there where like you were talking about, you try one, go to another. There's like, I can't remember what the big brewery is, but there's a, an area where there's like two pretty big breweries. Allagash and Foundation. Yeah. And yeah. then there's also a bunch of small ones. And then like within yeah. walking distance, yeah. you can hit like five or six distilleries and breweries. Mm. And it's just kind of a cool little walk around thing. Like, I kind of wish that was near here too, but. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to that point. We've we've like, gone That's from... what Uber is for, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a friend like me who's not a big drinker who just likes, I love the community aspect of breweries and I love that they're always I mean, most breweries that I've been to have like a pretty, which we were talking about, like that kind of industrious vibe where it's, you know, big and spacious and you can play games if you want. You can bring cards. You can, you know, talk to other people who are, you know, trying beers for the first time, pet dogs. Like it's just like a really cool community aspect to it. So even people who don't drink beer or aren't big drinkers like myself, like I go just for the community aspect of it. It's like so fun. It's like such a good time. Excuse me. I lost my place. Uh, I know what you mean, though. Mm. That what you're saying. I mean, it's like we have a space where we have 
this huge outdoor space mm. and people can bring dogs. People can bring other pets, that, you know, as long as they cooperate. <laughs> Has um, there been a really wacky pet? <laughs> no, that's Not a yet. great question. Like, <laughs> of like what the most obscure. <laughs> a, a mini pony. They're like, this is my sport animal. Get. Which is funny because on our website, we do say pet friendly. Mm. And, you know, we say like, all right, you, they have to be like, you know, cool with other pets, cool mm. with people, mm. um, you know, stay on a leash. Stuff like that. So it is like we leave it open that if like mm. someone was like, well, yeah, I do have a really cool fox. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I like to bring my the Komodo rules. dragon around. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. As long as they abide by the rules, we're down with this, yeah. this weird. I have an iguana. Yeah, you know? yeah, right. You could bring yeah. it. If it's nice enough, we could bring an iguana on a leash. Yeah, I feel like Shades On has that really nice open like outdoor area. It's really nice. Like, I mean, I, I live in Providence, so. Uh, I'm lucky where I do have like space to be outside, but for a while I lived in like a, a condo where there was no yard. So that's another part of why breweries are so fun because you got to like be outdoor and enjoy the space in like a controlled environment. You got to like enjoy beer or, you know, you just be part of that sort of like feeling and be outside and not confined to like a little tiny bar like where it's dark and you feel like there's no windows and mm. it's just like totally a cool vibe which sometimes the inside space is because you know a lot of us not speaking for other breweries so mm. much but like you know a number of breweries are in industrial warehouses mm. stuff like that and we are mm -hmm. um you know so we're in a place where we've kind of created like a building within a building mm. so it's like if you have a door open or a window or something mm. it's like you just look into the warehouse mm. you know one direction yeah um, and then, you know, there's not a lot of like good window looking outside mm. area, you know? So it's like, we did add a door that can kind of like let some light in and, cool. um, there is like one little window. So <laughs> kind of, you know, can it help out how, with getting some light. Yeah. It is kind of funny how that's like, it became part of brewery culture mm. that they're typically not always, but I'd say 50, 50 or more in like an industrial space. Mm -hmm. Mostly be, i would assume a lot of that has to do with weight and load bearing stuff and, you know, cement floors and all that fun stuff. But the it's if you went to a normal restaurant and it was like, you know, your traditional um, industrial space, small windows and stuff. And you'd be like, man, this place feels claustrophobic. But you Not go to a, a brewery, brewery and you're like, yeah, this is fine. This, yeah. is, this is supposed how, to be like. This is how it's supposed this to be. Yeah. This feels right. I... Just look at tanks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's all I'm well, supposed to be And there's like an artwork to it too, like the tanks and the way like brews are set up. I know I had mentioned to you before, like I was so naive to all the work and moving parts that go into beer and the science and the ingredients and the recipes and like the people who come up with, you know, new things to try um and this is always like a, a question that i have because you know i i don't i'm not super familiar with the different flavor profiles but when you when shades on brews a beer do you have like do you have like a meeting like we're gonna try this one time or we're gonna try this or like is there something really funky that you're like let's throw like a pickle in here like has there ever, do you is that how you decide or is it more of like a one person decide yeah i don't know how any of that would it's work. very rare that one person decides mm. there are points where one person suggests something kind of does like the entirety to the work and explanation mm. and it, it wins us all over and we mm. go for it but for the most part we do what you're saying that um we have a team essentially of four of us that head things up um with Josh and me, and then uh, Julie, our brewer, who I was speaking about earlier, and then um, Homer, and Homer heads up the tasting room mm. and the beer garden. So we kind of plan everything in perspective of what beer do we want, mm. 
mm-hmm. that we want to make, mm-hmm. we want to have, but also what's going to sell, what's going to draw people, mm-hmm. um, what are we going to, you know, cover a category that we're missing with. Mm-hmm. So we try to always keep like a, a varying line of beers on tap, mm-hmm. cans available, stuff going out to restaurants and stores. So, you know, so these are all the things that we look at. You know, it's like, what do we want? What's new or what do we want to do again? Hmm. Um, what's going to fill like a, a void of a category that we haven't done recently or that is like open and available to be done? Um, and then, you know, yeah, what's going to what's going to draw people? Hmm. Um, what are people going to like? What have people been asking about? So that's kind of why we all meet together because everybody has perspective on that that we value and appreciate. So. You know, one thing, one time that um, Julie might want to do in a brewing sense, and then Homer says, well, yeah, the tough thing about that is the sellability because mm. the last time we did something like that, it, it didn't work so well, you know? So then it's like, that doesn't always mean it's like, you know, nipped in the bud and done, but it's like, all right, well, how can we work from that and be mm-hmm. creative and change stuff? So, um, you know, we're always even kind of taking base recipes and doing kind of adjustments to them. And sometimes that doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't doing well. It's mm. just that it's like, here's a creative opportunity mm. to even do more stuff. So we have a pale ale series where we get together and it's like, we know we're doing the same base recipe, but we're changing up hops in it every time we do it. Oh. You know, and sometimes we circle back to ones, but we're always curious, like, well, what is a hop that we want to do? And then we go through what what do we want like flavor wise driven from that hop what do we want in terms of draw and popularity and appeal to customers in terms mm-hmm. of that hop and then also it's like you know timing of like well when are we going to do this because we don't want to just have three pale ales on at the same time mm. you know it's like we want to kind of keep things rotating um you know and that's even like kind of a more general consistent one um in terms of some other ones that are like much more exotic or Mm. you know digging like kind of like further into creativity um you know as you approach the holidays coming up Mm. you know that's a time where um we look into things of well how can you really play around with beers we've done before beers we haven't done before um traditions in beer Mm. and things people look for around the holiday time so for us, we always do an imperial stout that comes out right around Thanksgiving, mm. and we always do a saison that comes out around Thanksgiving. Shades on saison. Shades on saison. Ah, I love that. Is, why do you call that out? That was one of the things right from the beginning that people would be like, "Oh, you guys have to do a saison, of course." That's so we funny. We actually I love do that. have a beer that we did one time that mm. was just called Shades on saison. That's so funny. I love that. It's like sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> <laughs> same concept. Yeah, you know, it is. Sun's out, shades I know. out. It's all, it's all the same thing. Sorry for interrupting, but no, I needed no. to say that. Um, so that that one we do, yeah. So we we take a a beer that's like intended to be like a Thanksgiving meal pairing kind mm. of thing. So uh, we do it with peppercorn Ooh. and sage that we get from uh, a local farm mm. down the road, um, Petals Farm. So we get the local sage for that. Then with the Imperial Stat, we always play around with what else goes into the kind of the creative elements of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like we have base recipes for, you know, uh, traditional stout that we do, stronger Imperial Stouts that we do. So then we play around. So then um, this year we're doing a Imperial Maple Vanilla Stout. Ooh. 
so, sign me up. Yes. I think I could so, get behind that. Pretty that excited, sounds like a beer that I would like. Pretty excited for that one. So, I mean, it's like, so we get uh, vanilla from Slocum Sugar House, which is in mm. Exeter, which is like the neighboring town just to like north of us. Yep. Um, and we got uh, vanilla beans, we added the vanilla beans and the maple syrup to it. But those are things where, you know, we get together as the team and it's like, all right, for the Imperial Stout, like what? flavor what concept mm. what thing do we want to try that we haven't done before that mm -hmm. people ask about that you know is going to be something that's going to kind of fit in nicely to you know something new but also mm. kind of following what we we've done with these these beers and so maple was the one this mm. year which is like funny doing the maple thing because as we go into it this is like the <laughs> toughest time to get maple syrup oh no Mapling is like a winter thing. And yeah. so I guess it's like most of it comes out, but it's like, I didn't really know that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like going you? around the town. Yeah. Which is funny because down there, there's like a good amount of people who have these, you know, small farms and they properties tap, tap where they, they tap their trees. Yeah. Oh, cool. So we had a guy actually right down the road and he sold his house like two months ago. Oh. So it's like he was our connect oh. and then he left Shoot. and it's like, come back. It was like, no, back. where are you? So <laughs> we asked around and uh, fortunately through the the good camaraderie of the uh, the brewery culture mm. in Rhode Island, um, our friend Matt at Tilted Barn mm. helped us locate some syrup from uh, a guy that he knows and works with. And uh, so we were able to get that from like a local farm that's nice. pretty close to, mm -hmm. it's close to home and yeah. stuff too. So it's like cool to be like, yeah, this maple's from right down the road. And that's awesome. Yeah, local. It worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say they're one of the uh, Tilted Barns uh, got like their whole farm essentially there. So it's like I feel like if they if anybody was gonna know somebody, yeah, they <laughs> yep. they're the person to reach yeah. out to. Oh, totally with the farm connection. I mean, partially reaching out to him was like, hey, do you do you do, do it? this? <laughs> can <laughs> like, you can you what is it called? You, you just said it when they tap get, a tree. Do, can you tap your trees, yeah, man? Um, I mean, we really need it. You know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> now I know that I know that we um like we we've we circle in this in this podcast there's a lot of circling but i want to ask one more question about colorado and then we can move on to beers and all fun things for island but i want to know what brought you back here like was there was it family was it you just loved it here you missed like what was it uh, that's a great question um so a couple factors my now wife and i um we were just dating and then got engaged when we were out there um, she was from the Albany area. Mm. Um, and so then, and I'm from here and we both had family that are throughout like Boston down to like Pennsylvania. So a lot in the Northeast. So that's mm. like one connection of like, all right, well, the Northeast is this thing we're connected to. Mm. So we were getting to the point where Colorado was experiencing this wild population growth oh. in, I think specifically in kind of like the Boulder and Denver area. Mm. And the infrastructure of Boulder, Denver, the mountains get, you know, getting to the mountains wasn't really growing at like a rate that seemed feasible for the population growth. Yeah. So when I was talking about earlier of, oh, when I went out to visit Boulder and you'd go skiing and then in an hour and a half, you're mm. back sunbathing and throwing the football around, stuff like that. Mm. Suddenly that weather still existed and that skiing still existed. That was a three but hour But it was trip. like the four and a half hour oh, drive no. back from the mountains Just because of traffic. From wow. the number of people. Um, <gasps> yeah, it's like driving up to ski in the morning mm. and it's it's, you know, 
situation where, you know, around here, if you were to say, I'm going to go ski in Vermont, there's probably 10 routes you can take to get mm. there. It wasn't the case there. I mean, oh. it was like most of the places, it was like one route got you there. And there mm. were some where it's like you could take this one other slower, sketchier road. And, <laughs> Maybe you know, survive the to trip. Get there. Oh, and also, you know, by the way, you're in Colorado, so <laughs> other people are taking that trip too. So yeah. it's not that great of yeah, like- There's only two ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah, only yeah. two ways. And it's like, oh yeah, everybody else out here has like a- special you know four-wheel drive vehicle yep. and chains on their tires and oh, so geez. they're able to go that way yeah yeah so it's like it was just like it it had become too much out there mm. and so we were like all right we want to try somewhere else mm. um and we had family close and you know we were engaged out there and so we were like all right well we're going to be getting married soon so you know, there's the potential of having children mm -hmm. and having kids and having our family around as opposed to having kids and being like far away. And taking a three hour trip to get to an hour long mountain. Like that just seems yeah, like the worst. Where it's like yeah. we kind of lost some of the love of why mm. we were out there mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Mm. Um, and, you know, we knew there'd be like crazy sacrifice because it's not like we were coming back here and we're going to get like these hour and a half drives to the biggest ski areas in, yeah. the, in the country anymore you yeah. know um but um you know another thing in play is i i'm i'm an ocean obsessed person mm. and i grew up uh you know kind of in a coastal area in one um, of the kingstons yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so i was at the beach all the time as a kid mm. and i spent a lot of time in the water and colorado was tough and you know for my first few years out there I was spending a lot of time back in Rhode Island in the mm -hmm. summer. And I was like, well, I'm feeding my ocean fix. And then it got to the point where it was harder to take time. Mm -hmm. It was harder to get away. If I was getting away, it mm -hmm. was maybe going somewhere else. And I was just like, I miss the ocean. I like want to be around the ocean. I want to be around water. Like yeah. I would like gone to like lake places or something, yeah. you know, because it was just like the water out there in the summertime. Mm -hmm. It was like the you know, the air temperature is a hundred plus, but the water's like 40 degrees and you're like, this just isn't. It's not the same. Right. You know, mm. it's not exactly. Yeah, you don't hang out and you dip in, cool off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no hanging out. You know, yeah. it's like people would go tubing and it's like, you sit entirely on the top of the tube. Yeah. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're like, like what happened? Avoiding touching oh, the water. No. Yeah. Like well, I'm glad. I mean, obviously it stinks for Colorado that they lost you, but we're happy that it happened because you came here and you started Shades On with your business partner, Josh. Josh, yep. Nice. Did you guys know each other from childhood or did you meet in adulthood? How did you guys get together? We met when we were teenagers, probably young teenagers. Mm. Um, we had a mutual friend who's still one of our best friends. Uh, and he grew up with Josh in Rehoboth, mm. Massachusetts, where they went to high school. But his family would come down to Matunic, Rhode Island in mm -hmm. the summertime, which is where I was in the summertime at the beach, um, which is, you know, like 10 minutes down the road from mm -hmm. the brewery from West Kingston, where I grew up. And so this mutual friend, Will, who is a cartoonist now, actually, cool. and cool. pretty interesting human being. And he introduced us when we were teenagers and we would hang out and get to know each other kind of a thing but it's like we were never like that close then you know because there's always like the only these certain meetups because it's like you know you can't drive so easily mm. and we're in two different places mm. and i would come back to visit like during my time in colorado and josh had become 
the brewer at Graysale Brewing oh, in Westerly. Yeah. So he was the head brewer when Graysale started. And so then I would come back to visit Will and well, visit my friends, family and everything. Yeah. But I'd hang out with Will and Will would take me down there. And it's like this was even like furthering my Your bog. beer obsession. Yeah. For, <laughs> yeah. you know, I got in the itch and then it's like this is even getting even crazy. And it's mm. like I'm getting more of a close, intimate, mm. inside look at a brewery, the operation of a commercial brewery um, than I had seen before. So it was like through that, I think Josh and I became like closer friends because I would come back and have this perspective of the Colorado world and beer and then the interest, like, what are you doing here? Mm. What do you see with, you know, the trends and what people want, what you want, mm. all this stuff. So it's like, I think my curiosity for beer on the level that it was, I think, kind of intrigued him in a sense where he was like, all right, this guy's not that bad of a slouch. You know, <laughs> he's got something going yeah, yeah, here, yeah, you know, yeah. he's into it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like then I, I would come back talk to him about beer stuff or I'd go back out to Colorado and I would homebrew and I would continue, you know, asking him advice, um, looking for pointers, suggestions on styles to try, things to do, mm. um, you know, things to get, help me out with that. Um, and then he and I actually, Grace Hill did the Great American Beer Festival mm -hmm. in Denver mm. in 2013. And so Denver hosts this giant event called the Great American Beer Festival. So they invite, you know, thousands of breweries or something and mm. it takes over like the convention center cool. in the city and it's this huge big event and it's like you see the major players there mm. and i mean like the real major players even so it's like cores and bud probably have a pre you know have a presence but then it's yeah. like stone new belgium mm. um sierra nevada like a, a bob sam adams so it's like dogfish like the ones that are like the leads of the craft mm. revolution too are there but then it's like you've got them down to the smallest breweries, you know, are out there and stuff. And it's like, people will get there and be like, I need to go check out. Cause it's like, they've done all this research. They're like, mm -hmm. I need to go to such and such brewery mm -hmm. while I'm here and try this ghost pepper beer or, oh, cool. you know, like somebody made a beer with a peanut butter sandwich. I gotta go try this. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like, um, all this kind of stuff. And it's like crazy. So I used to go just as a guest mm -hmm. for like a number of years and go try it out. And then they came out with Graysale. And so they asked me to like join as like a volunteer for it. Um, and so like we had a blast. So like, cool. Yeah, we did the event. We went out afterward and there's like, you know, of course, on top of the breweries out there, they have like these craft beer bars. Mm. And it was like a funny thing because during this event, we were going out to these craft beer bars and you're sitting there and he would be like pointing people out <laughs> to me and be like, that's Greg Koch. He owns Stone. You know, like this guy's like one of the. And you're like, you're a fan. Well, I was going like to say fangirling, but like fanboying out. You're yeah. like, oh my oh God. My, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. Yeah. Like, and he's sitting here. Like, yeah. At this table. What's yeah. he doing? You that's know, it's so like, cool. oh, of course this is where he went. It's like a beer, you know, a yeah, beer yeah. focused bar. You yeah. Know? <laughs> that's, and, but you, for someone like you who you've said that you, when you were in Colorado, you got to try all these new beers and then you were hearing about all these beers back home and you, one spot where I'm assuming all over the country, like someone maybe from, I don't know, Utah came to, to show them their beer. So you, someone like you who likes the different regions and likes to try like all the different sort of like variations, that must've been like a playground for you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was like a one year thing, you know, happened once a year, we'd go to a session and like my friends and I would all like 
plan like the entire night day around this thing and like the excitement of it that it's like all these different places are coming and it's like yeah it's like funny like in terms of the event and what that could bring in like uh Frank Thomas opened a brewery. He's a former Chicago White Sox baseball mm, player. Mm-hmm. Uh, met him. Uh, cool. Kevin Euclid, who used to play for the Red Sox, uh, opened a brewery. Oh, and man. so we met him at that event one mm. year. So it's like it would, you know, draw some like really you know, cool people. Really cool people that, you know, in that in that realm of them being like, you know, another kind of celebrity. But then mm. for the most part, like the top people of American breweries would would be there. That's yeah, so cool. Like, you know, they'd be submitting beers to compete. Um, mm. you know, so you have that level, but then there's also this like great excitement of like what was being recognized as like the new up and coming things and mm. what was winning awards that you had never heard of mm-hmm. or you had just heard of and you were excited about kind of a mm. thing. So, mm. you know, they'd go through the categories and so there was like a, a judging, there was a gold, silver, bronze medal to like all these different categories and stuff. So it was like cool that you almost were like a fan of certain breweries too. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, a place I like just won like that's a awesome. silver medal. Like that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I love that beer. Yeah, have you yeah, been- yeah, I knew I had good taste in beer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am good at this. <laughs> Since um, having a brewery yourself, have you gone back to that event? Uh, I've not. Oh, we got to get you there. I know. I've actually only been back to Denver for like, a silly small amount of time, like mm. less than 24 hours. Mm. Um, you guys at least do like the Rhode Island Convention Center, uh, the beer fest that they yeah, do? Yeah, so we do. Yeah. Um, I mean, we try to get into as many of them pretty mm. much as we can. Um, mm. You know, of course, unfortunately, in the last year yeah. and a half or so, yeah. I don't think I don't think they have been any. Or, no, so, yeah, yeah, like we haven't done any. Yeah. Um, but they are doing the RI Brewfest again in mm. February, I believe, uh, which was the last thing that I did mm. as an wow. event going back to the end of January of 2020. Yeah, because March is when the world shut down. World shut down. So wow. that was like in January. And for the most part, most of the beer fest try to be kind of like spring summer fall mm. so it's like they can yeah. be outside use mm. more space mm-hmm. um so the r.i brew fest one's kind of rare that it's like dead set on being like an inside thing but it's mm. like all right well give us a nice beer thing to do in the yeah. winter time mm. yeah if, if you have a big enough space it, i mean they did it at the convention center i think pretty much it wasn't did, didn't it go to so, roads on the patuxet one year too um, or was that a different oh fest? actually a uh, Beervana just happened um, and oh, didn't happen last at, year. So, at Rhodes, so right? bo- uh, yeah, Beervana is at Rhodes, and that one's fantastic. It's an incredible beer fest. Um, they get great breweries. People bring out like some awesome, awesome stuff for it. Um, so I didn't attend that one mm-hmm. actually. Um, but the, even the one at the convention center, I've been to a few times. Yeah, so I think they caught the Great International Beer Fest. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so. They call it GIBF. Where the one in Denver, Ooh. they call it GABF. But I think the the one at the Rhode Island Convention Center is GIBF, which is big, which is funny in terms of like the excitement of like award stuff. I was at that event. So before Josh and I opened Shades On. Um, and as I had said, Josh was the head brewer at Graysale. Uh, when I first moved back here from Colorado, I was working with Graysale and kind of like a mm. jack of all trades kind of a thing, um, you know, or just filling in like wherever they could use somebody. But uh, I went to that event, worked the uh, GIBF at um, the convention center mm-hmm. and Graysale won an award for the alt beer category for their autumn wins, um, which was like a fall beer 
And so it's like, oh, this is awesome. It's like, you. I'm here. I'm here. You know, I'm a part, part of, of this. That's yeah. so cool. That's yeah. like a full, one of those, we love like a full circle moment. That's like yeah, a full circle it's like, moment. Oh, I'm excited for somebody else. Oh, there's other places. But then it's like, oh, no, right. Yeah, no, it's you. Yeah. Yay, I full, another full circle moment would be that the, the beer fest is another uh, instance where Uber is your best friend. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uber is your best friend at the beer fest. Totally. Absolutely. We, uh, we, have a, we would always do it with a big group like five or six or seven of us and we would go and, and yeah we'd like two ubers or like whatever the uber black or something that's like the big yeah. oh yeah the big yeah uber sponsor nobody, this podcast nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody's driving although we have this talked about uber to you by the uber except oh, yeah literally <laughs> um if so you have six people after a beer festival totally, yeah, we, that, let's yeah. get this I, I think uber. that was the uh the the driving factor for uber success Heck was yeah. people just not wanting to drink and drive it's the best and oh i'm sure it's i mean it's gotta be like 70 percent of their freaking clientele so yeah. smart it's so smart um, so you're from West Kingston. Your brewery is in West Kingston. Where do you currently, what area do you currently live in? I live in Narragansett. Oh, okay. So yep. it's kind of in the same realm. It's in the same realm. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's pretty close um, mm. to the brewery. My wife works at the Middlebridge School, which is a small school in Narragansett mm. for kids with learning differences. Mm. Um, her background's in social work. Oh, okay. And she's the residential dean at the at cool. the school there. So it's only about 70, school, uh, 70 students. It's like really mm. like uh, um, specialized learning programs and, mm. and even like social programs. So, mm. you know, it addresses uh, not only academic, but like, you know, the whole realm of life outside of it mm. for uh high school age kids oh that's cool yep so we live on the campus there oh which is, yes very awesome. very cool, that's um, so cool. It's, it's like there's got some cool perks of like a gym a weight room nice on campus cool. yeah um a lot of like open space with fields so it's mm. like i can take my daughter out and she can run around like kick a soccer ball that's and, so cool you know have a time yeah. yeah that's perfect do you have a favorite place to go out to dinner in narragansett or like in and in, in west kingston narragansett like in that you know, sort of Southern Rhode Island area. Um, one of my absolute favorite places like on earth is the ocean mist in the mm. tunic. Um, I don't know if you're familiar. Right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's another one. I think I've brought up a couple of times. <laughs> we over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that place is, uh, so good. Oh, oh I love it. Location, mm -hmm. the atmosphere of it. Mm -hmm. Um, food drink mm. that stuff they do i mean they've got the they music a, shows yeah live music yeah, live they're music. Right, literally great. right on the water the water goes under the that's bar now that's crazy <laughs> crazy that's that so water cool. level's not getting any lower yeah that's uh, so the cool. last few times i went there i think we did like brunch there yeah they oh, have brunch. The, brunch, the brunch is crazy you would, would do, never think the, they had brunch what is it? Coffee with love. I think oh, they coffee call it. with love! Yeah. What's it that? is unbelievable. It's almost like I Irish coffee. Like a boozy yeah. coffee. Yeah, it's a boozy <gasps> coffee. <gasps> we love that. But it is. It's like yeah, sweetened up. It mm. is fantastic. Oh my god, I want that now. So I feel like, like every time somebody comes in from like out of state or something, we have like a visitor and we go out as a big group. We always end up at Ocean. It's Mist. like you gotta go. You, you gotta have try to go. this. It's and the so brunch good. is great. Yeah, it is good. Like they do fantastic food at the oh. brunch. The atmosphere is great. And then it's just about trying to get a table. Yeah, oh that, god, exactly. So that's the thing. I mean, yeah, that's, but they have that tough. standing deck area. Yep. Like sometimes I prefer being out there standing than sitting inside because like like you said, the ocean literally goes under the restaurant. Like you get to be like yeah. in the middle of the ocean. It's yeah. so cool. cool. Yeah, we, um, uh, my husband and I celebrated our 10 year anniversary in March and we went to Narragansett and you know, normally couples would do something like fancy whatever for there and we went to ocean nice <laughs> which not to say yes. it's not fancy like it. but it's not it's, it's not. not fancy <laughs> it's, not. it's not fancy <laughs> no but we went there and we had like some uh, some 
I think I got like a mudslide or something. I don't know, something ridiculous. It gets a really funny crowd of people mm. because I think it's it's widely known, but it's in this little like surf community. Mm. So you get like this mix of people of all kinds of yeah you see a family in there and then you see people trying to get drunk and then then, yeah like bikers surfers Mm -hmm. also like kind of a college bar yeah yeah yeah, exactly uri's close by so i knew it because of all my friends went to uri so Mm. we went to that stretch quite a bit yep especially ocean mess um is it having shades on do you feel like you're biggest um i I guess demographic is the right word but it always sounds too like scientific when i say it is it like do you feel like it's a lot of younger people is it a lot of families is it a lot of college kids like what is what is your kind of like niche or is it no demographic um i don't think we get well i i know we don't get college kids quite mm. the way people think we would or mm. do based on our location mm-hmm. but i think that is explainable on like you know our beer our service our cost Mm. like the way we are as opposed to what you know a a college population in Mm. in large mass might be looking for Mm. because we do get college kids like Mm. there are kids and we run some things where we do like deals uh we do uh like a grad student event Mm. um usually like once a semester Mm. um and so we work with the uh Graduate assistant, uh, graduate assistant union, the uh, graduate student union, and so we'll like get a team of people to kind of build it up and draw in some people that are grad students at least. Mm. Um, and then I know we do get some undergrads who are like right around, you know, because it's like undergrads are like twenty one, twenty two at mm. ba- you know maybe at like maybe. as like seniors. Yeah, that's true. Um, so it's like there's also not like a huge window. Mm for us to get of like undergrad but there's a few that come in Mm. Um, but definitely not in large numbers we do get a decent amount of people who work at the university Mm. so professors but then also in like different departments Mm -hmm. um we had a a good group from the printing services department Mm. um and i know they've like come in and like hosted parties and stuff there so there's like other parts of the school yeah um that have come in but i think our demographic Mm. is pretty wide open Mm. and i think one thing that this goes off of is just the way the brewery culture is and i think you've like alluded to it when you talked about how you like to go out or go to different breweries and just the kind of hangout Mm. of that whole experience is that people go a distance yeah so it's like we're not only getting the people who are right around us as who's coming in on a saturday Mm. it's people coming in from massachusetts and connecticut you know um you know but a lot of people from the northern part of the state people who are from uh like the newport area Mm. will come in because you know they've heard of us or a band there or food Mm. there or a beer that's come out or something is just mm. has drawn them in. So I think it is a neat thing about breweries where I feel like more so with a brewery because of kind of like the creative elements that you can control and do mm. like the beer and kind of create some exclusivity to what you have going on. Totally, People are willing to travel a little bit mm. for the experience mm-hmm. of it. Um, maybe more so than you'd see just to be like, oh, I'm going to go dine out. Yeah. And go to a restaurant where you're like, oh, well, I'm going to go to something like in my town or in the neighboring town. But for a brewery, somebody might travel a little bit farther. Yeah, and you can spend more time at a brewery where like if you go out to dinner, you have an appetizer, you eat merely your, your dessert and then you leave. Whereas a brewery, you can 
relax. Yeah. It's not, you're not rushed. You're not, I mean, unless it's like super busy, which I'm sure, like I'm sure that happens often, but because the space is so big, I know some breweries, like you can just stand and drink and you, or you can sit at a table or you could sit in the grass. I mean, who knows? You like, cause the space is so big, you can relax and take your time and you actually have that minute where you can be talking to someone and, and, you know, catch up and not be like, oh, the server's coming. I got to order something now. I got to figure out what I'm eating for an appetizer. It's like more relaxed. It's more casual. I think because of that time span and also like there do, and this isn't always the case, but there do tend to be, at least in Rhode Island, in in New England, there tend to be at least a couple of breweries kind of near each other, like within say 15, 20 minute Mm. drive of one another. Um, And, Like we've done it before, but like we will do both. Like, well, we use the brewery as an excuse to like take a ride mm. and we like hit one and then we go out for lunch somewhere we've never been. And then we hit another one mm. and then we call it a day and we head back. Mm. But yeah. like, it, like helps kind of pad out. Like if you're going to drive an hour and a half to get somewhere, you can kind of pad out that experience and be there for four to five hours instead mm. of only being there for like 45 minutes for dinner. You know? There's like uh little pockets, which is like mm. funny to even say like within Rhode Island being as small as it is, but there's little pockets where obviously like Providence city area has, you know, like a number of breweries around it from, you know, Providence, mm. but like Pawtucket, mm. Cranston right around there. But then Bristol now has like a brewery pocket where mm. there's uh, like a grouping of breweries there. There's a grouping of breweries in um, Newport or like, you know, Quidnick Island where mm. it's like up in Portsmouth, you have Ragged Island, but then you go down and there's a number of breweries that are in Middletown. Mm. Um, I don't know if any are technically in Newport, mm. um, but I like wonder. like Coddington, Newport Craft, yeah. Rejects are in Middletown yeah, they're technically, outside. but like close, very close yeah. to Newport. You know, it's a, I don't even know where the split is in Newport of <laughs> the two towns. Um, and then like where we are. We're very close to Tilted Barn, mm. one direction, but then we're also really close to Whalers mm. in the other direction. So it's like if you were to come down to Whalers, you could come by us or Tilted Barn on the way, or mm. if you, you know, if you want to do it the other way around or whatever. Mm. But it's like a very close little like pocket there. Mm. The one that's like in an unfortunate kind of outlier is Graysale mm. in Westerly from other Rhode Island breweries, but right over the state line. They're close to uh, Cottrell and Beard in Connecticut. Oh, so it's like they've yeah. got like a little pocket. A little of, pocket. Yeah, oh, breweries there. Cool. So it's like I'm sure in their area they get people who mm. do that same kind of a thing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I think I'm so happy that this sort of culture and this sort of thing is blossoming and really booming in Rhode Island because it just like we've been saying, it just creates like this whole new sense of community. It's an area for you to go with friends, meet new people, talk to people about beer and and I've said this before but like anytime I go to a brewery mostly I don't I don't even try anything cuz I don't I kind of know my taste but if I talk to a like a beer tender they'll no one's ever like aggravated that I I don't know what I like everyone's like let me try to get you to like something and that's fun because people who if from my experience which you know isn't a ton I guess but like anytime I go to a brewery and, and someone's working there or someone's there they're in on it they want to be there they like beer they like the community they want to talk about it they want to be part of it like and they don't want to insult you and make you go away yeah yeah that's you're, true. you're you're part of their like yep. that's their true. thing you know that's their true, atmosphere their their yeah, being I mean, happy about it. Mm. You get that in any service industry. Like when I bartended forever, uh, I may have brought this up in the past already, but like you'd have people that would like, say you have like a group that sits down at your bar for lunch and like somebody will be like, make me a drink. 
And you're like, well, all right, what do you want? They're like, I don't know. Surprise me. And I'm like, oh, boy. do you that know how many anything. different spirits yeah. there are? <laughs> you have to, like, you have to have like qualifying questions, yeah. and that's why I think in my head I bring things back to like coffee or whiskey. Mm-hmm. But then when I was at a when I was bartending, I would say like, if you had to drink wine, would you drink white wine or red wine? Because mm-hmm. then you can get an idea of like a lot of people that would drink like whiskey or black coffee would be a red wine drinker, mm-hmm. and, or like if you're doing uh, alcohol, you can do like uh, whiskeys, darker liquors. Uh, things with a little like stronger flavor profile, but if it was a white wine drinker, you kind of veer like, I don't know, gin, vodka, rum, sweeter profiles. And like mm-hmm. you have like those questions, but that's kind of like, especially for, I've been to a bunch of breweries and like, I know enough to be dangerous about beer, I guess. But like, <laughs> if, you ask, risks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you ask somebody like they'll, a lot of people have some kind of question they'll ask, like to mm-hmm. try to gauge what you might yep. like, you know, mm-hmm. everybody comes up with their own little, uh, own little cheat code for figuring out somebody's flavor profile and what i think is cool too what's different from being at like a restaurant as opposed to being at a brewery is like i would assume nine times nine times out of ten the person that's working there has some sort of relationship with the actual beer like they've tried it in the infancy like they understand the flavor profiles and they are there from like the build up of it does that make sense yeah so it's like it's like to say in our sense, you know, it's like obviously like Josh, Julia and I, because we're in everything with the production, we mm. know the beer from, you know, thought, infancy, mm. brewing, fermentation, mm-hmm. packaging all the way along. But then to look at Homer and our staff that, you know, work the beer garden, work the tasting room, they're kept up on all of that too. Mm. So it's like, you know, they know that a beer is going to be coming out at some point. So it's like they're totally welcome to ask for tastings along the way a lot of times julia or josh will offer uh tastings for beers along the way especially Mm. beers that people are excited about because they're coming out for a special reason or first time ever Mm. kind of a thing like Mm -hmm. that Mm. so then it gets to the point where you know yeah you're serving that beer and you're like i've had this beer throughout its entire time frame to Mm. this point you Mm. know and it's like yeah i can really tell you about it or I'm just like really into it. Yeah, you know, there's a I real passion so well. behind it. Like you can feel the when I feel like when you go to a brewery, it's it's very casual and very like, you know, not high pressure sort of situation. But it also you can feel that people like care what they're doing. There's care and there's thought put into it, which I think is like really cool because there's not a lot of places that you can go where you can like sit for a while, try different things, have good conversation, and just be part of someone's like business. You know, it's it's cool. I'm I'm all in. I think we're seeing restaurants care more about beer mm-hmm. in a in a way like that too. I mean, not that you can get like the tastings along the way, but I think there was like a, a stretch for a long time where you'd go to a restaurant and, you know, a server would just tell you like the the list or they wouldn't really have questions or answers back to like questions mm. kind of a thing. And I think there's more that I've seen, and this is like to say that I haven't really been out to that many restaurants lately. So maybe the ones I'm picking are specific <laughs> to beer related beer, uh, <laughs> interests. Um, but you're seeing more so where, even without like prompting it, they'll pick a suggestion of a beer that they like and mm. talk about it. Um, or they'll do things where they kind of gauge what are beers that you like. So maybe we don't have that brand, mm. but we I can I can steer Recommend you to something. something. Yeah, yeah, that I feel like that that's going on more so than what we used to see, which mm. is good because I think um, that's a sign of you know a number of different things that 
not only, you know, it's you know great service you appreciate and you're like, oh, wow, I do really care about beer. So I'm glad you do, too. Mm. Um, but I think it's also a sign that the importance of beer to the consumer is kind mm. of influencing that people care to put in that extra work where totally. not only is like the server like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, maybe try more of these beers. But, you know, the manager of the restaurant, other people at the restaurant are probably like, hey, you know, try more of these beers, like mm. yeah. help yourself, enjoy your, you know, mm. have some beers and get to know them better because people are caring. And it shows that when you care, they're getting the beer yeah. or two beers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as a person who did restaurant work for a long time, uh, it behooves you to the, be, to know about these things because for the most part, things that might require a tasting note, like for you to be able to describe it typically are a little bit more expensive. Even if it's by a dollar or $2, knowing your stuff for that, like whether it be in whiskeys or in wines or in beers, like being able to maybe steer somebody towards something they might like more, they'll have maybe one or two of them, but it is a little bit more expensive versus like a course Light. Mm. So yeah, uh, there is like, there's both out of people's love for it. And then also just being intelligent at business. <laughs> yeah. It's really kind of pushed people to uh to to learn more about it and to kind of educate their consumer on like why it's a good choice to do to go with this rather than just like, you know, you could sit there and have four whatever, pick one Coors lights or Bud Lights mm -hmm. or whatever. Or you can like enjoy one or two of these and like it's just a different thing and you can try different flavor profiles and you know, it, it kind of benefits both parties. I yeah. Think. And well, you avoid like a kind of uncomfortable thing like yeah. not knowing the answer to something <laughs> when sucks. you're like kind of asked 100%. as like the expert is yeah. like it's weird yeah and you're like sucks. i don't want to be in this place so oh, you're like oh man and i think too with what just as a as a sort of a final not final we can keep talking about this it but final. it's this final it. period no but i think another part of the people knowing about beers more asking more questions the servers being more knowledgeable i think it also too comes back to like people care about local stuff too. Yes. Like right. if if Brian and I go to a, a bar, say we're in Boston, and we see if he sees on tap that there's a Rhode Island beer, he doesn't even care what it is. He just gets it because it's supporting your local business. And that's such an important part, I think, in a state that's so small that like we want everyone to do so well. So like being as a server, say you're, you know, at a, you know, at a cellos or whatever, and you have two local beers on tap. As the cellos, you want those beers to do better. So you're going to try those beers. You're going to recommend those beers. You're going to know those beers because if those do well, the state do, does the, well. You know what I mean? Like everyone does well. Yeah, and there's like a, a back and forth appreciation mm. from the server and the customer, you know, mm -hmm. of like, oh, you bought that and I appreciate you supporting. Mm -hmm. Oh, you knew about it. You explained it to me well. So mm. I appreciate that. Mm. You know, yeah, you both you know, have it, serve it. And then mm. it's like, yeah, whoever that brewery is in the state is like, well, also that's great it. yeah. because it's they're doing better and they're appreciative of that, mm -hmm. you know, support going out Another for them. Another full circle thing, man. Like it's yes. all, we're all just full circling here in Rhode Island. Life is cyclical. Life is cyclical. Yes. <laughs> um, well, Chip, we've had so much fun with you. We've taken up, it's already been over an hour, which is crazy. It's crazy. It seems it's, like It seems like nothing. five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes um, by too fast. It goes by too fast. Um, but we were so happy to have you on and to talk about Shades on, baby. Shades oh, yes. on. Shades on. And 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 know more about you and your life and stuff. And we're so excited to see you know what Shades on does. Do you have anything? Obviously, um, this if 
to our listener, this is being recorded in advance. So <laughs> over the next, you know, year or so, if you have anything, not that this is going to come out like in a year, but you know what I mean? Like over the next few months, do you at Shades On or you personally have anything fun, cool going on that people should know about? Anything you're looking forward to in 2022? Or? Um, just well, for the end of 2021, if it gets out in time, we do have a... Uh, First time beer coming out called uh, Noel, a mm. uh, French word for Christmas. Oh, and it is based on the uh, Belgian styles that they do for the holidays um, at a lot of the uh, uh, Trappist breweries. Mm. And it is so it's a Belgian style holiday spiced ale. So it's uh, our traditional Belgian quad that we do usually around the holiday time. Um, but this year we've spiced it up a little bit. Ooh. So we've got some cinnamon, nutmeg, um, clove, and cardamom. Ooh, oh, I and love orange that. peel. <gasps> yes. I love, I love, I love that. Yep. Nice. So that, that'll be coming out and it's going to be in uh, bottles, mm. uh, cork and cage. So mm. it's uh, kind of a little special special treat for the, uh, the holidays, uh, into New Year's, into the new year. Cool. Um, and uh, it'll it'll have a, a little little strength to it. Mm. Uh, expecting <laughs> that uh, after a couple of weeks of bottle conditioning, come out around ten percent alcohol. Wow! So uh, Uber. something to get an Uber for <laughs> yeah. after you consume. <laughs> keep keep it nice and cozy in yep. the winter time. I love that. You know? And um, where can people follow you or find you? What's the best way to keep up to date with Shades On? So we're uh, we're social media. So we do Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. They're mm. all at Shades on Beer Co. Mm -hmm. for each one. So S H A I D Z O N, then Beer Co. for mm. all of those. Uh, the same thing for our website. So www.shadesonbeerco.com. So uh, we put up everything on there about uh, the different beers that we have coming up, when they're coming out, uh, when we have food vendors, when we have live music. Um, other happenings. We host pregame and postgame parties for URI sporting events. Cool. Um, so yeah, all kinds of happenings like that. So anything that we have um, going on and then uh, going into the new year, we're excited to you know, see where things take us. I mean, hopefully as things get uh, better in sense of the COVID situation, mm -hmm. um, seeing things open up more and more, um, which not only for us, but for restaurants that we work with. Um, and so they can continue improving and uh you know we're hoping to kind of grow our presence in rhode island um where we've really done a focus on ourselves a lot especially lately and then uh we're looking to really expand our brand in in rhode island um so get out to more more restaurants more liquor stores stuff mm. like that so uh, we're hoping to do a push that we're gonna we're gonna start in january but we don't expect sometimes january can quiet down a little bit yeah and, um, totally in the alcohol consumption world as mm. people, uh, you know, take on resolutions that, yeah. uh, you know, I don't really agree with. They but, don't always uh, stick. <laughs> <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, we're looking to do that. And then uh, as we, we roll into spring and summer, we'll open our beer garden back mm. up and, you know, start having some, some big parties uh, outside cool. at the beer garden. Oh, Very well, nice. I can't wait to to go down there, especially like sitting in that outside area. It's so fun. Um, but thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. This is so much fun. And we can't wait to um, visit Shades On and see what happens in the new year. 
Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's like funny what you said. That's already been over an hour. I feel like we just I started know. going. And I know. It's having such like a good time. <laughs> I'm so happy to hear that. Well, thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.